0: Hey, welcome to the podcast Politics by Faith brought to you by Public Square, Patriot Gold Group. Thanks for being here. So the other day we did a special on the TV, the first TV about the Second Amendment. And it was so great because we took it from a biblical perspective which I've never heard anyone do before. So in these two segments that I want to replay for you here, we first talk about how there's always been guns. But people weren't murdering each other all the time. There weren't mass shootings. So what has changed? It's not the gun. So we break down four things that have changed since let's say the 50s that have gone from, you know, you could buy a gun at at JCPenney to now it's like, it's crazy. So what has changed about our country? It's not the gun. Then I was was just blown away by our next, by our guest. Eric Pratt is his name. He's uh, the Senior Vice President of Gun Owners of America. And he came, at, came here with such biblical insight and wisdom, I was so amazed, so impressed. And in particular, and I love when people do this, took a phrase that everyone thinks is in the Bible or they think they know what it means and just completely blew it to smithereens. The phrase, live by the sword, die by the sword, is not in the Bible. It's not there. Everyone thinks it's there and it's not. So what is it really, what's really there? And when you hear that, when you hear what Jesus really said, you're like, oh, that makes way more sense. So thrilled to talk to him as well. And that's all coming up in this special right now. Enjoy. Hey, Slider Crusaders, welcome back to our special Politics by Faith. That's the name of our podcast, The Second Amendment. Why are there more shootings now? Than ever before this is causing way too much anxiety we have moms scared to drop their kids off at school we can't be living like this because that anxiety from parents uh, falls on the on the kids and now the kids have anxiety the kids are scared like people are giving kids like bulletproof backpacks like come on what are we doing here so the anxiety is way 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 too high i don't want there to be any more students at schools or anywhere so We have to analyze why are there more now so that we can address that and then get back to the point in time when we didn't. That's the goal, right? It's not the guns. That's what everyone goes to, of course. They go right to the guns. That's so clearly not it. There have always been guns. Dads would buy guns for their five-year-old sons. High schools had rifle teams, rifle teams. The rifle range was in the basement of the school and the team would bring their guns to school, walk in the hallways with guns, leave them in their locker, a locked locker. Maybe you grew up in a place where hunting was, was big and the kids would bring their shotguns to school. This is not ancient history. Like you, that was you. You, you were maybe on the rifle team in your high school. You used to be able to buy a gun with no anything. You just needed money. That was it, there was, I mean like there's no background check. There were no computers for background checks. There were no background checks. You just go to the store and you buy one. You can buy it in the mail. You didn't even go to the store. You could buy guns in the mail until 1968. You could buy guns at the hardware store. You could buy guns at department stores in the 70s. This is an ad for J.C. Penney's. J.C. Penney's. So you could go buy uh, a shirt and some bedding and a, and a shotgun at J.C. Penney. Guns were way easier to find back in the day. Like we have this conversation, it was like, "Oh, how could he even have bought it? How could he? How did he pass the background check? How did he pass the this and the that?" But not too long ago, there was none of that stuff. So it's not the gun. Why are there more mass shootings now? Obviously, something has changed. What has changed? A couple things. First, uh, I got four for you. First, decline in religion. When there was an all-knowing all-powerful creator of the universe who says, do not murder. And if you do, by the way, then you are going to go to hell for all of eternity. In my daily podcast, Morning Motivation, we quoted Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God for a beautiful and horrifying depiction of of, uh, how close you are to dropping into the eternal fire for all of eternity. Now, if you and today we're like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about hell. I'm going to mean God." If you live in a culture where this is a thing, it's much less likely you're going to go murder people. Now, some people still will, but it might deter just a few. But now the culture says, oh, everything's random. Evolution, right? We're all just a bunch of random atoms bumping into each other. We all evolved from frogs into monkeys into humans. So who cares? It's random, life is random, there is no afterlife. So who even says killing is wrong? I'm miserable, I wanna die, and I'm gonna take some people out with me. And then when I'm dead, I'm dead. It's just blackness and that's the end of it. See the difference there? If you're someone who's inclined to murder, and you think when you do, that's just the end of it and there's blackness, or if you do, you're gonna spend eternity in hell. A little different second <laughs> there are more mass shootings now because of lack of community people have never been able to be as isolated as we are today you were never that was never possible no matter how weird you were you had to go outside you had to interact with people sometimes but now you can literally never go outside you can just live on 4chan your entire life and it'll drive you mad so it's lack of community so also mass shootings number three because of a decline in marriage. The cultural expectation was that you would get married like right out of high school. And today the average age to get married for a man is 29. That's a long time for a man to have no responsibility. And it's usually married, married men are not the ones who are out there committing mass murders. right? Because a married man is busy. <laughs> a married man has responsibility. A married man has kids. And that stuff turns you into a real man not a pathetic excuse for a male like, uh, like these mass murders. And I'll give you the fourth one. This one's the big one. We are now a grievance culture. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. we called that life. Life was hard. Life was difficult. Life was full of struggle and disappointments. It's called life. Today, if something goes wrong, it's someone else's fault. Someone else caused me to be miserable. It's because everyone else is racist against me. Racist like who? Well, I don't know. Everyone. How? I can't show you. <laughs> Why not? It's systemic. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's systemic and micro. It's systemically racist microaggressions that ruin my life. You know, freed slaves didn't even talk like that. Freed slaves after the Civil War were not as pathetic as many people today complaining about racism in America keeping them down. Freed slaves did not make excuses like we hear today. Aggrieved, right, so we live in a grievance culture. To be aggrieved means feeling resentment at having been treated unfairly. Now, the unfair life that we have today, we used to just call life. And today it's, oh. How can kids today feel more aggrieved than the (laughs) slaves? It's unbelievable. But it's always somebody else's fault. Now, let's move away from racism. Let's talk about the incel. Are you familiar with the incel? An incel is a young male who is unable to attract a woman, so they end up hating women. It stands for involuntarily celibate, incel. Now, back in the day, we called those kids losers. So what did a loser need? Well, like a makeover. (laughs) They needed to lose some weight, get a haircut, get some acne medication, wear nicer clothes, learn how to have a conversation, stuff like that grow like be get good at something like become a good athlete get smart i don't know what like like do things that are impressive and like noticeable but notice all of this is on the person it wasn't society's fault it wasn't women's fault it was your fault you got to get your life together make yourself a person that is that's someone to be desired someone to be admired but today the incels just isolate themselves and spiral deeper into a darker place and some of them go to such a dark place that they're willing to kill themselves and maybe other people too. So notice all these things we talked about, they have nothing to do with the gun. The gun is irrelevant. The guns have always been around. It's these other things that haven't been around. It's these other things that are new. Because the real issue is the heart. The Bible could not be more clear about this. Matthew 15, 18 says, what comes out of the mouth, right? So what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts murder. (laughs) Adultery, but but, but it goes on. The second thing listed is murder. So the heart, first, evil thoughts. The second thing, murder. There's a whole list of bad things, but the second one on the list is murder. One of my, my missions in life is to get people, Christians in particular, to stop focusing so much on mental health. We're so obsessed with the brain. Right? That's what the evolution people want you to do. They want you to be obsessed with the brain and chemicals. And stuff. It has been debunked that depression comes from a chemical imbalance in the brain. That is scientifically debunked. A chemical imbalance is not the cause of depression. Which means that your brain cannot be balanced correctly with just the right type of medication. That is not true. We need to turn our attention to the heart. Each of us and our society as well. It's the heart first. And there's no pill that can fix the heart. There's no law that can fix a sinful heart. There's only one way to change a sinful heart, and that is to be born again. There's no other way. You could take two people, one with a, uh, a, 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 an unsaved, and you give them a gun and they'll do terrible things with it. You take a saved person, born again, and you can give them all the guns in the world and they'll never do anything bad with it. So the gun is your, the irrelevant thing in the equation here. And we just need to be a society that talks about the heart. I read a post the other day. Uh, from a person who said their parents stayed together when she was a kid and she said today they would have gotten divorced but they didn't and they stayed together and they went to church even though they weren't really Christian they still went and what did this do to the young girl well she got an intact home and she got to hear the gospel once a week and that was enough to keep her on the right path today her parents would have gotten divorced and never would have gone to church and she never would have heard any coherent answers to the big questions in life the big questions in life are who am I where did I come from why am I here? What's my purpose? Where do I go when I die? Those are the big questions. Every worldview answers those. Because we don't live in a Christian culture anymore, everyone just makes these up as they go along. So the modern young person today says, I am a victim of oppression. That's who I am. I'm a victim. I came from randomness. I'm here for no reason. I have no purpose in life. And when I die, it's just going to be blackness. <laughs> ah, it's super inspiring. It's a miracle more people aren't killing other people when those are the answers that most young people believe about life. The Christian worldview says you are a child of God. You were created by God. Your purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And when you die, you go to either heaven or hell. It's very different. It's a very different way. That's a very different worldview that leads to a very different type of life. When you see a shooting, think of the rotten, that is is rotten fruit from a rotten culture. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 17, every healthy tree bears good fruit and a diseased tree bears bad fruit. Look at the fruit of our country right now. How's it going? It's rotten. Okay, so let's look at our culture. Mm. It's a rotten tree. How did it get rotten? Let's go back to the beginning. I got to run here because our next guest is fantastic, but there's a a funny thing that the left is doing, and we're going to talk more about this another day, but they've turned the 50s into a pejorative. They're saying, oh, Ron DeSantis wants to bring us back to the 50s, and I hear that and I think, that sounds great, I'd love to go back to the 50s. And you know what happened back in the 50s? There were guns everywhere, no background checks. You buy them at the grocery store, but no one ever dared use them to hurt another person. Weren't those the days? What do we have to do to get back to that? Coming up next, the senior vice president of Gun Owners of America has incredible biblical wisdom. In particular, the line, live by the sword, die by the sword, which everyone thinks is in the Bible, is not in the Bible. Live by the sword, die by the sword is not there. I'll tell you the full story next. I have known Michael Seifert for a couple of years now, I went to the launch of Public Square, the app, Public Square. Uh, and I was like, oh, this, this is awesome. And I hope this takes off. And it wasn't that long ago, and it has exploded. So I live in San Diego. This app started in San Diego, just San Diego. And then very quickly, they launched in a couple of the cities. And I was like, wow, that was impressive. And now they're everywhere. <laughs> and they're only growing and thriving. And it's, so, it's been so powerful to be able to connect to business owners who share our values. Because you, you feel like they don't exist. <laughs> right, that's it, it's one of the things. You feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only one. And then you feel stuck, because you're like, well, I have to buy Nike. Who else am I gonna buy? And it's like, oh, well, if you go to Public Square, you can see all the other athletic companies that are out there that are way better, because they share your values, and they sell even a better product. Start easy, though. Start with uh, Near Me. Open the app now, just hit Uh, Near me, do restaurants near me. And you can find restaurants near you that share your values. And you can stop going to woke restaurants who hate you. And you can go to restaurants that uh, share your values and and spend your money and and meet those people instead. And then you, of course, connect with all sorts of local businesses of literally every type. And then uh, businesses online as well. But start easy. Local restaurants near me that share my values and go have a date night and a family dinner The Chumba Life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Root. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: thinks somehow the second amendment is absolute you're not allowed to go out and own an automatic weapon you're not allowed to own own a machine gun you're not allowed to own a flamethrower you're not allowed to own so many other things why
1: in god's name do we allow these weapons of war on our streets and at our schools according to law enforcement the shooter this horror had two assault weapons and a pistol and what in god's name are we doing
0: all right we can debunk nearly every word of that eric pratt is here He's the senior vice president of the wonderful Gun Owners of America. Mr. Pratt, how are you, sir? Doing great. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on with you. Yeah, I'd I'd love to debunk so much of that, but I also want to go deeper with you. Let's let's start deeper, and then maybe we can can deal with some of that stuff. You wrote an article called A God-Given Right or Not. And I really want to encourage everyone to read it. It is fantastic. It's beautiful insight. From biblical insight to founding fathers' insight, you weave it together masterfully. Uh, A God-given right or not. Please everyone go read it. One thing stood out to me in particular. This expression that everyone knows and everyone thinks is in the Bible, and it's not. And it blew my mind. It is live by the sword, die by the sword. Everyone knows that expression, and it is not there. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it kind of uh, blew my mind, too. Uh, But, you know, people can obviously check it out. You go to Bible Hub, uh, where you can look at all the the different versions of any particular verse, and you will not find that. Uh, Jesus says those who draw the sword uh, will die by the sword. I mean, let's break it down. If if he were to have said those who live by the sword, I mean, certainly it would have been perhaps a castigation of government officials who— Paul says in Romans 13, do bear the sword to punish wrongdoers. So they live by the sword. Would that have been a rebuke of them? Uh, obviously not. So what does it mean then that, uh, you know, those who draw the sword will die by the sword? I think one of the greatest explanations, and when I was in, in grad school, I, I did a, a study where I read through tons of colonial pastors' sermons uh, having to do mm. with the right to keep and bear arms. And by the way, this was a frequent topic, uh, along with other government issues, they would actually preach from the pulpits. Uh, but, wow. um anyway, Reverend John Lathrop, uh, out of Boston, uh, preached a sermon, this was in the 1770s, and he said, those who draw the sword are taking the sword when it doesn't belong to them. In other words, like the criminal use of a sword. Those who draw the sword illegitimately are, are those who die by the sword, and that that's what Jesus was saying, not those who use the sword when the sword is lawfully placed in their hands. And uh, you know, I'm sure one of the things we'll, we'll be looking at, Mike, or the, as people go to that article, they can see plenty of examples where the Bible does allow the sword, or that is, arms, to be used for proper self-defense, uh, but certainly not for illegitimate self-defense. And, you know, some people will point out, well, but then a few moments later, why did Jesus rebuke Peter? You know, and he, uh, well, Jesus had been making it very clear he was going to lay down his life. He even told Pilate, I could call for legions of angels. Uh, This was one point in history when an innocent person was not gonna fight back, was going to lay down their life. And boy, are we glad that he did because there would be no Mm -hmm. salvation without him doing that. And and that's the thing the disciples didn't understand till later, but you'll notice that Jesus says, Peter, put your sword back in its place. He didn't say, ah, get rid of that thing. What are you doing with that? You know, I want wow. those things banned. No, in fact, just earlier that night, he had said, if you don't uh, have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. So clearly this wasn't a kind of an anti-weapons animus that Jesus had. He was just saying, this is not the appropriate time and moment in history. I'm laying down my life. Put your sword back in its place and He never said those who live by the sword shall die
0: by the sword absolutely brilliant okay so matthew 26 yeah it says uh put your sword back in its place for those who the esv version is for those who take the sword will perish by the sword and you mentioned those who draw the sword will perish by the sword so again just to emphasize that is inferring a not inferring it's it's directly speaking to a, a illegitimate use of a weapon, and we're using sword because there were no guns back then of course, but there's no reason to think that it would be any different guns or swords. So right, so it's an illegitimate, uh, maybe perhaps even offensive use of a weapon as opposed to a self-defense use
1: of a weapon. Is that right? That's absolutely right. And you know, some people might say, well, okay, Jesus told his disciples to get a sword clearly they're not as dangerous as an ar-15 or an ak-47 and and you see congressmen who will say things like this jesus never would have uh countenanced such an idea you know the average person owning such a a weapon and yet what you got to realize is that any weapon can become an assault weapon or used illegitimately as an assault weapon and quite frankly you see examples of that even in the bible in genesis 34 Jacob's sons illegitimately wipe out an entire town, the, the town of Shechem. And when Jacob finds out about it, he's furious with them. But what did they use? They used swords. In fact, Genesis 34 makes that point. They used swords, the very instrument that Jesus set, told his disciples to carry. So again, any instrument can be used illegitimately. Quite frankly, I've never even heard of and AR fifteen being used to wipe out an entire town. The fact that they could use swords, uh, you know, which obviously don't need to be reloaded, in that sense made them even more dangerous. Uh, so mm-hmm. they wipe out this entire town. That's just, you know, yet again, a, a, another reminder that it's really about the heart. It's the, the heart that needs to be dealt with. and, and this is something that I've challenged. Uh, you know, my my Christian brothers and sisters who are on the other side of the fence when it comes to the Second Amendment and Bill of Rights. And and what I encourage them is, as you read the Bible, on this question, ask yourself, is God promoting banning objects as the answer to crime? You know, uh, after Cain kills Abel, let's ban rocks or sticks or something like that. Or, or Samson's job. always focused on dealing with the heart of the individual and punishing the criminal? And if mm-hmm. you'll ask yourself that question, you'll you'll even come across examples of weapons control in the Bible, and it's always a negative thing. It's always a curse on the people, like First Samuel thirteen, where the Philistines have the Israelites subject under them, and they're sending terrorists uh, to to wipe out groups of people and then the philistines retreat kind of sounds like you know some of the mass killings that we have today you know like these terroristic acts and in 1 samuel 13 the bible says that there were no swords or spears in israel because blacksmiths had been banned by the philistines and the reason was the bible tells us the reason is because the philistines had said otherwise the hebrews will make swords or spears so every farmer uh, had to go to the uh, the philistines land to get their their uh, their tools uh, sharpened but the philistines had imposed weapons control and it was not a blessing for them because they could not defend themselves against these raiding parties and on the day of battle uh, against the philistines were specifically told there's only two people who have weapons for the entire Uh, nation of Israel, and it was Saul and his son, Jonathan. Definitely not a blessing. Wow, it's unbelievable. One of the themes of the show,
0: obviously, is there's nothing new under the sun. And that's such a brilliant example, Eric. That's unbelievable. You mentioned something earlier that you read through a lot of our, and this is something we've been talking about a lot too, not just our founding fathers, but our founding grandfathers. Who were the people who came before our founding fathers, who created a culture that our founding fathers grew up in? So we've been focusing a lot on the Puritans and, and the early 1700 preachers, Jonathan Edwards, et cetera. So you said that you spoke, you, you read a lot of the colonial pastors who were speaking even on political issues. I'm so fascinated by that. And on this issue, is there anything that stands out, you can either be specific or just a big picture, about that era, and this issue when it came from the, the from behind the pulpit. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump get a fair trial. Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. A couple things. One is that it was universally that the the pastors were uh, preaching the right to keep and bear arms, number one, and and from the scriptures. Mm. Uh, Number two, that uh, weapons control was not... A blessing for the people. What, what we had just uh, talked about there. So that was another thing. But also that it's not just about our own private individual self-defense, but it's being—it's the defense against tyranny. And certainly, you see examples of that. I mean, I think that First Samuel thirteen uh, touches on that, where you know they were being you would say tyrannized by the Philistines. Uh, there's other examples in Judges chapter five after the tremendous victory that Deborah had against the, the, the Canaanite king. In Deborah, uh, in Judges five, she says that um, th- that there were no swords or spears in the land of Israel when, when they went to battle. Uh, so there again, what was one of the ways that the Canaanites had imposed their control over the jews it was by imposing weapons control you see later in esther uh you know there's that appointed day haman is successful in getting the king uh to allow the jews to be wiped out and you know this little uh kind of freak uh thing in in the in in their law didn't allow for a, a law to be repealed so he added a new law which was what was that the Jews would be allowed to use weapons to protect themselves. And so on that appointed day, the Jews did protect themselves, and they weren't wiped out. In fact, the Bible says they wiped out their enemies. Uh, So, you know, there's a passages like that, you know, these pastors are making it clear. It's not just about us individually, but even as a nation, it's important to maintaining our freedom. And, you know, if you follow the Second Amendment debate, you will hear people saying the Second Amendment is that amendment which really undergirds all the other Bill of Rights. It's what secures all the other rights. One other thing I would point out, and that is uh, the, the pastors also, you know, the idea of pacifism was not unheard of in that day even though you'd be hard-pressed to find it among the preachers Uh, you probably find it amongst uh, the the Quakers teachings Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, the colonial pastors did spend time from the Bible addressing that and basically combating that idea why Jesus was not a pacifist and just how a lot of times that Matthew 5 passage of turn the other cheek is just so mangled and, and misunderstood.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we talked about that a, a bit earlier, so, so we have a handle on that one. I'm so encouraged uh, by you, Eric. It's wonderful to talk to you. Senior Vice President, Gun Owners of America, go join Gun Owners of America and encourage Eric and, and all the wonderful work they're doing there, and go read the article, A God-Given Right or Not. Eric, the first of many times we talk, I hope.
1: Oh, I'd love to come back. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, sir. It was just fantastic. I'm so encouraged by the fact that the answers are there. They're in the Bible, everything's in the Bible, it's all there, (laughs) that's one of the premises of this show, is it's all there, we get so anxious because we think, uh, that that, oh, this never happened before, we can't answer this, what do we do, ah, it's all there. And our founding fathers and founding grandfathers wrestled with this deeply. So we don't need to reinvent the wheel here, we don't need to reanalyze this, uh, all the principles. All the analysis, all the in-depth research was done by the, the colonial and our founding fathers, that era. We just got to go back to that and then go back even further to the ancient way and we can find our way. That's why I'm grateful you're here. We can do it together. Politics by faith. Mike Slater, it's brother word. I think this is the biggest story that no one's talking about. It's the petrodollar. It's the fact that Saudi Arabia and China are talking about no longer using the dollar to trade oil, and I know that sounds boring or like like no one understands it and whatever. But that's gonna slam us when that officially happens. That'll be like economy destroying thing. And what does that mean for the dollar when the U.S. dollar is no longer the reserve currency? I don't know. Talk to someone who has a bunch of florin. Right, when Florence had the world reserve currency, they're like, we're on top and we'll never not be on top. Well, how's the Florin doing these days, right? So that's going to be us. And therefore, I trust in something that's real. And that's gold. Gold is a real thing you can touch. You can have. It's been around for thousands of years. It's not going anywhere. So if you are interested in gold, call the best Patriot Gold Group. It's not just me. Consumer Affairs rated them the top rated gold IRA dealer six years in a row. So talk to a real life person there, one 617 6122 888 617 6122 They will mail you gold. You can have physical gold in your hands. Uh, and you can talk about a no-fee for life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be turned into physical gold and silver as well, which is uh, could be could be great for you. Could be could be completely life-changing for you. See if it's right for you. 888 617 6122 patriotgoldgroup.com